Hey everybody, uh, today we are doing the review show for Star Wars Visions, uh, which is available on Disney+. Plus. This is your general spoiler warning. We're going to basically talk about everything, so if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, go check it out. This episode ended up being really, really cool in my opinion. Um, I wanted to talk to Nick because Nick um, is half Japanese, speaks Japanese, spent uh, part of his life growing up in Japan. So I knew he'd have some interesting takes on uh, Star Wars Visions. And it was even better than having interesting takes. I learned so, so much. So this uh, just giant thank you to Nick. This was really a fun episode and uh, I felt like I got a lot out of it. So I hope you guys like it. Um, one final thing, this um, if you have younger listeners that you usually listen to this show to, um, you may want to preview this first only because we talk about other anime in reference and I don't know, it just, I'm just letting you know, uh, you may want to preview it before you let younger listeners take a listen. Okay, that's it. Let's get to the episode. Bye. I hit the button. Hello. Ah, oh, Nick. Nick. <laughs> Clean start. Uh, no, 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 leave it in, leave it in. No, 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 I said that was a clean start. <laughs> oh, but it was not a clean start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let me try that again. This time the guest will not interrupt the host. Here we go. Hey, everybody. We're uh, still welcome. recording. Oh, <laughs> I know I, I know I should have expected that, but somehow I didn't. Why do you keep giving me friends when we record? Uh... <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to a very special episode of Chit Chat with Chris and Matt. I'm Chris. Where's the song? No, I'm not gonna do a song. It's a special episode. There's no special song? No, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll record a special song later. Chris and Matt and Nick. It's a song without an episode. And Nick. <laughs> chat with Chris and Matt and, and Nick. Nick. It's the saddest song of the day. <laughs> Rebellion. Rebellion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have lost control of my own show. <laughs> there it goes. Off the rails. Um, okay. Hi, everybody. Uh. <laughs> Can I say that one so, thing about that? Yes. I don't know if you remember, but you guys used to argue about the MAT versus MATT. And yes. Chris said no one ever would have that name. And I think it was one of the first interactions I had with you as I posted on Twitter <laughs> a baseball player who was MAT. <laughs> I mean, the only other MAT I know is that random character from the Wheel of Time series, I believe. Mm, mm-hmm. I think so. I think that was a Matt, the guy who had werewolf powers. I don't know. Anyway, um, so today's special episode is talking about the nine episode special series on Disney Plus Star Wars Visions, a um, brief anthology made by several Japanese anime studios. And so to um, help us talk about this, we have Nick Watanabe. Hi, Nick. How's it going? Um, great. Nick is a professor of sports 
That's how I categorize them in my brain. <laughs> He's a professor of all sports. So if you have professor a sports, sports. <laughs> professor sports. Um, <laughs> So yes, that uh, he's he's the official um, professor sports for Silhouette Zero, and also the official um, Japanese translator for Silhouette Zero. Um, yeah, that that's that's what we got going. So um, I guess we have we should talk about these episodes. There are nine of them. Um, firstly, I guess we need to establish a system. I I propose the standard Japanese rating system: S A B C D F. Sure. Perfect. Cool. Um, and then. Of course, uh, what was your first thoughts when you heard about this project? Um, go, Nick. Uh, I was a little worried at first. I think we've seen, you know, for example, the animated Matrix. And while I think there are very positives of doing such projects, I always worried that people would be like, oh, this is not what Star Wars is. And so I was wondering if they'd get the feel and tone right. Um, and I was very pleased to be proved wrong, I think, um, for most of them, in my opinion. So I was very happy with it. So overall. Cool, cool. Matt? Uh, my first thought when I heard about it was, what's everyone talking about? Because <laughs> 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 it had already come out and I knew nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, and I believe when I, I explained it to you, your first thought was your first thing was, oh, like the Animatrix. And I said, oh, yeah, that's a good analogy for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, interestingly, when Nick was just talking about the Animatrix, my brain went to review the footage in my head of the Animatrix. And I realized that when Matt said the Animatrix, I was not thinking of the Animatrix. I was thinking of the Halo anime. Um, a what? <laughs> there was a Halo like animated something. I can't remember exactly, but that is actually what I was thinking initially. Now I'm remembering the Animatrix. Um, I, I, I can see why that would actually be a bad comparison. Um, and then Halo I guess we need to anime. talk about. You are not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There is one, right? Oh my gosh. It's from like, what is it from? 2010. It's, it's production IG. So we'll talk about them here in episode in the fifth one, the ninth Jedi, that same production company. They produce everything, though, so that's not a surprise. <laughs> so I was going to say, uh, Nick, what, what, is your, um, what is your background and relationship with anime in general? So I wasn't an anime first person. Um, I moved to Japan uh, for my dad's job at a Japanese university in, like, seventh grade. So I went from speaking pretty much zero Japanese to fully immersed. Um, if I tell the long story, uh, my parents flew to Japan. It was for my dad's job, not job talk for a conference. And then my dad, after the conference said, Oh yeah, by the way, we're staying in Japan. I was like, Oh what? cool. For the summer. He's like, no, forever. I was like, what? Oh, okay. And he's like, oh, oh. but I have to finish my contract in California. So me and my mom are going to fly back and you get to stay in Japan with zero language skills and learn it, uh, with your grandparents in the middle of the mountains in a town of 300 people. So that was how I learned Japanese. The Whoa. True... So you, he's a spirit channeler. No, but you literally <laughs> live the, the anime trope of like, you've spent your summer in the countryside with your grandparents. <laughs> yes. Before it was, going back to Tokyo for school. <laughs> it was basically a Totoro story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
sitting around going, why are these cicadas so loud? <laughs> yes, well, in the mountains in Hiroshima, we have everything from wild boars to vipers as well. So it can get uh, interesting up in the mountains. Jeez. <laughs> Good grief. Um, okay, so you moved. So you've lived in Japan. And then um, so when did you pick up watching anime? So I wasn't actually watching anime first. I actually started reading what's called Shonen Jump, which is this giant bound collection of all the manga, and they come out weekly, basically. So basically, you're like reading Dragon Ball, like, you know, 20, 20, 30 panels each week. And so I was reading that. And then eventually I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to start watching some of the anime versions. I think the one I really got hooked into first was Dragon Ball slam dunk um i think those were the two really ones that hooked me first but then you know then it flourished and i started getting hooked more and more and then when i came back to the u.s i was very happy to find when i went to college that there was a um, cartoon network and adult swim and toonami mm-hmm. so i had the chance to actually watch some of the things though some of the english dubs back then made me cry a little bit but Um, Oh, yeah. Other than that, you know, I think um, since then, you know, I basically keep up with everything. Um, Most, I mean, there's just so much now. You can't keep up with all of it if you have a full-time job. Oh, no, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. I I think particularly when we talk about uh, Toonami dubs, I I think about Rurouni Kenshin, (laughs) uh, which at the time was like one of my favorites. And then I tried to rewatch it like three years ago. And I was like, ooh, no, need to leave that in my memory and not re-experience it this yeah. is not good yeah one thing i noticed like especially like kenshin oh sorry is that the manga is a lot darker so like when i watch other anime sometimes i'm like oh this is a little too happy there's not as much killing and darkness and death and everything so isn't more the samurai x stuff i think that even goes through well yeah it is some of the samurai x stuff too yeah that you'll you see if you watch that one but uh I mean, just in general, I think manga often go a little bit darker and can For get sure. away with a little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so let's, I guess, start from the top and let's just go through. So the very first episode of Star Wars Visions is uh, The Duel. And I feel um, like I sh- should have had a bunch of information about it up, but I don't. Um, and so I'm going to try to do that now. Um, so just so everyone knows, um, I wrote one or two lines about every single episode. Those are my pithy notes. Um, the only thing I've written for this one is first one. Perfect in every way. That's yes. it. I have nothing else to say. It was my favorite one. It, the animation style was great. The uh, decisions they made in terms of like the flavor of everything. The astromech with the straw hat. Yes. The whole, you know, have him fixed by the time this pot's boiling. All of that. The the umbrella, beautiful. Everything was perfect. Nothing to say besides that. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> jumping ahead just a tiny bit, but all right. Thank you. Um, so, yes, uh, this uh, story about this one is about uh, seemingly a wandering uh, Jedi type character and his little buddy astromech who is wearing a straw hat as previously ronin. mentioned he's, yes, a ronin. He, he's a ronin um he uh goes to a little town of course because that's how these stories go and the little town gets attacked and he's sitting there like this is not my business it's not my deal until um i forget does he like somebody shoots at him or something or no they shoot his droid and then he's like okay now i'm mad 
<laughs> now I'm gonna go mess with mess with this. And uh, he goes off to confront the Sith lady. It seems like the Sith lady's like, oh, you're a Jedi, but he's not. He's also a Sith. Um, there's a cool duel. He kills her and collects her kyber crystal and walks off into the sunset to do some more, apparently. Um, this was done. Uh, what is the studio for this? I really can't find it. Kamikaze Doga. There we go. Um, who are probably most known in the pop culture for doing the uh, JoJo openings for parts one through three. So it's like this um, computer animation style mixed with like traditional um, hand-drawn style. And this one, of course, is like the homage to every Kurosawa movie ever. Um, it's all in black and white, except for, you know, I think three colors. I think it's red, blue and green um, that are used as highlight colors. And um yeah, it's uh, it's very aesthetic. So um, I'm gonna let Nick talk about all the all the samurai movie references because I think he's a little bit better versed at it than I am. But let's go. I mean, there's too many of them, right? You can go everything from like Shinino Samurai or Seven Samurai, um, all the way to like all the Musashi movies. I think the real thing that I loved with the duel was the Shinkin Shirahatori, which is where he is the technique um, that you catch a live blade with your bare hands. It is, <laughs> it is an actual technique. Yeah. And Dave Filoni did a little something like this in um, Star Wars Rebels, where Ahsoka comes out to one of the Inquisitors. They have their spinny lightsabers, and she literally just sticks her hands into it and just breaks it. And I was like, ah, Filoni's been watching his Japanese samurai movies, but this was... The real one I wanted to see where basically you use the force to catch it between your hands. I was like, ah, it's brilliant. Right. Also, I, th I think this one only had black, white and red. I think you're thinking of the elder or whatever. No, that I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now. There's um, blue in and basically there's blue, green and also sometimes yellow. So basically anything, any color that has been used as a lightsaber color and is actively glowing is like available. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, so only the lights seem to be actually um, showing up as color, which is very interesting. I mean, it's it's beautiful because it, it gets them to use like different lighting effects in an interesting way. And I'm trying to double check. I think the blaster bolts are still in color, too. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, so anything that gives off a light source gets to have its own color. Um, I did appreciate that there was an Ugnaught. <laughs> Um, it was very critical for, you know, Silhouette Zero, <laughs> um, that there's a Silhouette Zero dude. And then, you know, of course, he's he's the role of the um, the bumbling uh, innkeeper caretaker, like I'll do anything for money type type stuff. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I so I like it. Um, and obviously, there like we said, there's a lot of references here. Everything has sort of a a samurai movie aesthetic including like the clothing styles um i mean they're still very star warsy but they're obviously much more um like samurai japanese inspired um the 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 pacing of action is really high quality um i don't know maybe it's just me being contrarian but i did like it but it's not my favorite <laughs> although i'm like scrolling through it now and i, I mean the waterfall scene the, the holding the fake lightsaber with the buddha now, how do we feel about the katana lightsabers? Because that's something that comes up several times. Uh, I think it's neat. I have mixed feelings. Like, I think it's I think it's fine in this context. Um, I have no real problem with it. Uh, 
when we talk about the village bride, I will talk a little bit more about that actually. <laughs> okay. Um, Cause there's, there's some really amazing references in that one to what they're doing. The color, the stance, everything sort of perfectly goes together. Um, that a lot of people I don't think will catch upon unless they've like actively done Ooh. like EIDO or Kendo or something like that. Even then, a lot of practitioners today don't know some of this terminology. I only learned it from my current sensei who I practice under. So when I saw these things in action, it was really cool. But I'll leave that for later. I think one thing I was afraid of was that a lot of the Star Wars visions would be chambara in space. Chambara is the Japanese word for any type of sword play. And it was just going to be this, you know, tropey Japanese samurai runs around and beats up a bunch of people with his sword, which is basically (laughs) the theme of 50% of Japanese period television shows is some important person pretends to not be important. They find somebody involved in corruption or crime and they show up at the end of the episode and they beat up like 50 of their henchmen by themselves. (laughs) Yes, that that makes sense. And that follows that plot a little bit here. But I think what was very, very smart was the revelation that he was Sith. Because I think had he just been a Jedi, that would have for me been like, okay, great. Yeah, like I would have felt I mean, I didn't know the word Chanbara, but I I know what you're talking about, (laughs) like that, that story structure. And I think that's where my brain was going the whole time. Like, okay, great. It's right. So he's going to be the badass. He's going to beat everybody up. And then, and and then when it was another Sith that made me interested in going, okay, well, what's actually going on here? That was really cool. Like, like you said that I, I firmly agree. I would not have liked it nearly as much had it just been another like, oh, like here's a Jedi enjoy. But instead of like, oh, it's a Sith. That's, uh, and you know, the Sith recognize the Sith and they're all like, Okay, well, we traditionally kill each other for power, so we're playing. We're going to play hard here. <laughs> yeah, um, but I thought it was interesting too, where he gives the Kyber crystal to the kid at the end and says it wards off evil spirits. I'm really that does make me interested because I'm. What is that all about? I mean, we know in terms of lore, the Jedi are able to sense Kyber crystals, but you would think that it would have the opposite effect, right? Like it would attract somebody rather than push them away. Yeah, I can I can see that point. I was thinking about that, that, you know, basically, in some sense, like if you go to some of the Japanese religion, this would be like a omamori, like the protection, where you hold some type of charm that's supposed to ward off evil or bad spirits or whatnot. So that was basically all I could really put together thinking about that one. I have two thoughts. The first could be um, the one I don't really lean super hard on could just be like, yeah, if people show up and they go, yeah, someone came here and killed a Sith and here's the kyber crystal to prove it. And he could come back if you terrorize us too. Or he actually wanted to help basically, you know, get the village back on his feet because those things are valuable. But he didn't want to say like, you know, like, oh, this will this will save your village. It's more like a, oh, no, it's uh, the ward off spirits. You know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, OK, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, and again, I think we glossed over the fact that the the umbrella weapon is super cool. Um, Not just the fact that they have a lightsaber umbrella, but the fact that it was like prismed so that she would insert her lightsaber into it and then it would shoot out additional lightsabers through the tips instead. 
Right. It wasn't a bunch of lightsabers in an array. It was, yeah, like an, a, an attachment to the lightsaber, which we don't, we've never really seen before. So that was really interesting. And don't and get me course, wrong. I, I, I still would have liked it if it was just an umbrella lightsaber. Yeah. And then I think um, our little <laughs> war, war doom astromech buddy um, was, was really a highlight for me. He has a lot of firepower. <laughs> he does. I loved him. I felt a Kobe moment when I watched that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final evaluations. Give it a ranking. Nick. S. S. Uh, I'll give it an S. It was, uh, I can't help it. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, and of <laughs> course, S. you know, triple S. It's going to be hard to beat the duel. Um, and of course, if, if you have not heard, there is a book coming out called Ronin and um, we'll continue the adventures of uh, that guy. <laughs> whatever his name is um all right episode two tattooing rhapsody done by studio colorido um it's about a uh, jedi padawan who runs into uh, a little hut guy and um they and he's instead of like uh well in order to avoid getting executed during order 66 he becomes a rock star and um <laughs> except that uh g i think is it g g can't remember um he is, of course, uh, wanted by Jabba. There's some bounty hunters, and then uh, they, of course, solve save the day through the power of music. So, um, Nick, uh, initial his, thoughts. His, his name is Geezer, so I'm guessing. Oh, I, I don't know what nickname he went by. Um, G E E. <laughs> I felt this was a J-pop video. <laughs> <laughs> now like, we forgot to mention you watched these twice, right? Yes, and this was actually where I'm going to give this one two different rankings. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right, all right, all right. Let's hear it. Um, in Japanese, I'll give it a B. In English, I'll give it a C. Oh, interesting. Okay, so um, visually, this one's very different than the previous. It's kind of got the three head size style um, animation, so every everybody's a little bit tinier. It's not straight up chibi, but it's definitely cutesy. Um, and, uh, I mean, but, but there's nothing more adorable than little Boba Fett. I have to admit, he's just so cute <laughs> <laughs> in this format. Um, and you know, uh, I liked Curdy, the droid. Yeah. Uh, the guitar droid. Yeah. Yeah. She was cool. I actually like this one a lot. I think for me, you know, it's, it's bright, it's colorful, it's cute. Um, I always like takes on star wars that delve into i guess something like this believe it or not in my opinion it makes the universe a little bit more realistic because it's totally realistic that yeah there would be struggling pop bands and rock bands out in a giant galaxy like this and you know even though star wars very rarely focuses on its pop culture or anything like that um that it um it would obviously exist with a galaxy that large um, not everything is going to be sort of what what would you call it? Like, you know, larger than life, legendary, you know, it it gives it a little bit more real realism. Um I like the character designs a lot. I mean, I know some people aren't into the cutesy format, but I think you're right. The droid is super cool. The little I, the little droid is also super cool. Yeah. I, I appreciate that Curdy had um one like repaired replaced leg. Yes. Looked like it was an older style or something. Yeah. Um, 
I actually I like the drummer alien too. I think the you know sometimes we forget that. Well, something that Star Wars always did better than Star Trek in the old days was like get really alien-looking <clears throat> aliens, right? So you had like Athorians mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I think they kind of lost that a little bit, um, even when like you tried to, even when they tried to do it in like the uh, the Force Awakens. I don't think they really nailed the really alien-looking aliens. But you got a dude who's got three torsos, <laughs> yeah, um, three heads. Six arms, but like one set of legs, and they look like Deveronians, but not. Um, and I like those guys a lot in terms of that design. I mean, the story's pretty basic. Uh, cutesy Java is funny. I mean, obviously, they, they got through at the end. Um, and like, we talk says, about cutesy Bib Fortuna. Cutesy Bib Fortuna is also <laughs> hilarious. Also, something that I, I kind of liked was when you see the little guards, right? Like, uh-huh. of the um. They look, they're drawn like they're wearing rubber masks. <laughs> it looks literally like, I mean, because obviously they were rubber masks in the original, but they're drawn, look, they look like people wearing a costume <laughs> for some reason to me. <laughs> Maybe it's because the faces aren't that expressive. Um, I will say one thing that drove it a little bit down for me is the music's not that great. <laughs> Did you watch it in Japanese? Uh, I did not. And, and that was something I wondered about if the singing would be different. It's it's similar, but better. That was the thing. Like when I watched it in Japanese, I was like, OK, this is totally a J-pop video. And then when I watched it in English, I was like, something's not right here. And it just some something not even in the translation, but I think in the tone, I think the Japanese voice actors are more used to this kind of music. Right. It's something mm. you would hear in an anime opening or closing and yes. so I think that part, I think the voice actors in Japan probably um, were more familiar, um, you know, and that's just, a, and and they probably actually worked with the people who are making the music, right? And so mm-hmm. they probably had it coached and everything where then they bring it to the U.S. and be like, all right, sing this, here's the notes. Um, and now I'm that snob who's like, oh, you watched it in English. Well, <laughs> you watched it in Japanese, the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you can't you're not even doing the sub versus dub because you didn't even sub it you just did it <laughs> uh okay matt pithy notes <clears throat> felically star wars <laughs> which is that is exactly the, what i thought initially the vibe at least you yeah, know very strong felically vibes um which is that's another anime i tried to rewatch. Because I remember thinking the first time I watched it, like, wow, this is really weird. And then um, I think maybe like a year ago, I said, you know what? I'm older now. I get things better. Maybe I should watch it. And I started watching it. I went, wow, this is really weird. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's my, weird. <laughs> it's just weird. It's a tough um, one because there's so many Japanese cultural references, like to baseball players and stuff like that, that if you didn't watch Japanese baseball in the 90s, some of the stuff you like won't get it. And that's part of the problem. <laughs> I see. So that's a deep, deep cut that I'm never going to get unless I do homework or ask a professor of sports. Yeah, professor of sports. Um, professor um, sports. Explain to us baseball. <laughs> boring. Why come for base? <laughs> How come the ball never gets to actually go on the base? <laughs> um, to, and why come final- so small? How come everyone sit? 
<laughs> Wouldn't the game be easier if they made the ball bigger? <laughs> Time out. Leslie, do you really deal with these guys this often? How do you do it? <laughs> Send me a tweet when you hear this. <laughs> She's going to um, say, Chris is easy to deal with, and I'm just a goblin. <laughs> Um, two two final things I, I want to point out. Firstly, the flamethrower attached to the guitar is great. And then my favorite line in it is a punch it. I already punched it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even that was think good. about that. That flamethrower with the guitar. I was just thinking there was actually a Japanese J-Rock band that had a laser pointer attached to one of their guitars during the concert. And he would literally like fire the thing off all over the venue. So... Oh. <laughs> I wonder if that's a B's reference or not. I'll have to check on that. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I thought that flamethrower guitar has been a thing before. I feel like I've seen it before. Uh, possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Flamethrower guitar. Oh, man, Max. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It exists. The thing that people have done. <laughs> All right, so let's give um, final ratings. Um, Nick Nick already gave his B in Japanese because of better quality singing, C in English. Matt? C. Uh, I give it a B. I enjoyed it. I like the I like the vibe. Um, I, I always like an anime, a musical anime. I'm, I'm a sucker for them, so it was I will fun, take it. But I do not need to know anything more. <laughs> I mean, that's also fair. If I never saw more, that'd be okay. Hey, C's get degrees. Uh, next. <laughs> yeah it's average professor sports has declared c's get degrees um just, just remember there's nothing wrong with something being c level c means it's it's fine true um episode three the twins made by studio trigger and i will um preface this by telling everybody that studio trigger is probably my favorite anime studio of all time so no pressure um this is essentially a uh, taking the Luke and Leia story and flipping it on its head. Basically, you have two twins who are genetically engineered to be um, super connected to the dark side. They have some sort of super kyber crystal and they're they have a Star Destroyer, which um, I guess has a super laser in it. Well, the it's actually Gemini two, class. Yeah. Gemini class <laughs> Star Destroyer, which is two Star Destroyers glued together. Um, and uh, it's two Star Destroyers. Glued together by the corner with a gun in the middle. Yes. <laughs> which which totally makes sense if you watch Studio Trigger anime. Um, yeah. And uh, the boy twin decides he's not going to do this. He doesn't want to be this anymore. Girl twin um, does not want to do that either or doesn't want him to do that. So they fight. Um, it gets crazy. Giant lightsaber fight in space. No spacesuits. Um, X-wing that flies all around. Um, they believe in the self who believes in them. And then it ends with a, a big explosion and um, they're sitting on the, or and he's sitting on a planet knowing that his sister's alive, but you know, what's going to happen, um, you know, in a very to be continue esque situation. So uh, Matt, you go first. Pithy notes. Pithy note. Uh, late universal century Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. <laughs> That's that's the vibe I get. Uh, I guess I'm thinking more Zeta ish, hmm. like late, late, early Gundam stuff, you know, just in terms of vibes. I'm not I only watched these things once. 
and I don't have a good memory. <laughs> so <laughs> everything is based on how I'm vibing these days. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I thought it was, I thought the animation style was really fun because I mean, like you said, it's trigger and we know them. Um, the story was wrote, I feel, <laughs> uh, I think the force vision whiplash in the story was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm enjoying this trend of making astromechs cool. Yes. This is like the best astromech pilot in the galaxy. Yeah. Like Our that's duo. An, that's an, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an, that's an astromech that was a, that double ranked in a pilot and ace hotshot. <laughs> uh, Nick, thoughts? Can I make piffy comments too? Yo, oh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, first is somewhere Kevin J. Anderson saw this and got angry that he didn't think about gluing two Star Destroyers together. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> that was my super weapon. So what it. I mean... There was, so I have, I have, I still have them. These old, um, like the, the Supreme Technical Manual of Star Wars, right? Um, they were published like in the late nineties. Did, did he do the Sun Crusher? Yes. Yeah, he did the Sun Crusher. Okay. <laughs> but there was, there was one in that um, book that I, from a book that I didn't read, but it was like an Eclipse class Star Destroyer or something. Oh yeah. And it, and it had a super laser that could not destroy a planet, but could like crack open its crust and cause like a volcano or something. Yes. So yes, that is very apt, uh, astute observation. I didn't think of it, but I wish I had. <laughs> um, second, the droid needed a spacesuit, but not the two twins. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> the protocol droid. Uh, I, I thought of that too. I forgot about that, but I did notice that. <laughs> and also, the protocol droid's name one less than C three PO B two O N. Right? Oh, oh my gosh! I didn't nice. even notice that. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, you're kidding me!" He's basically one less than C three PO. Well, well caught, Nick. I did not catch that one. Um. Yeah. I mean, I love this one. Like I said, Trigger is one of my favorite anime studios. Um, and if you're not familiar, it was a studio created by the people who did Gurren Lagann. Little Witch Academy. Um, yeah, so they did um, Little Witch Academia. Yeah, they did um, Kill a Kill. And then um, most recent work was uh, a movie called Promare, which if you watch Promare, it's basically this exact animation style down to like the, the bright pastel colors. Um, and so it, it very much like you, I could have told you it was that it was triggered without having been told because it was the exact same, like color schema, color technique. And of course, I mean, it's got gigantic moments like, um, you know, girl twin has like six lightsabers, um, coming from Mecha arms on her back. Her lightsabers also act like whips, um, she kicks at him with a high heel at one point and a lightsaber blade extends out of it, which is very reminiscent of kill a kill. Um, and then of course he, uh, boy twin supercharges his lightsaber so that it's large enough to cut through an entire star destroyer. (laughs) Um, and, and it's like, I mean, he's literally holding up the lightsaber above his head like that, the traditional Gundam poster, right? Yes. Yeah. Is that I'm thinking of that right, right? Yeah. Um 
Yeah, and so then he cuts through an entire Star Destroyer. So I loved it. I mean, it is over the top. It is silly. Um, but it gets through the emotion. It, it does a really good job of, of like connecting the emotional conflict between the, the twins, I felt. Um, the, and sort uh, of the-, the, the sister, to me, in terms of just general aura, was um, Amon Karn. Mm, don't From know who Gundam. that is. Zeta? No? Uh, I'm blanking. Come on. Seamus isn't here anymore, Matt. We can't just do poll Gundam references. <laughs> Expect everybody to know what we're talking Seamus! about. Seamus! Seamus! Tweet me when you hear this! <laughs> Understand what I'm saying! Um, I think Wait, is that this the girl one... with the red hair? Yes. Okay. Well, it's been a while. Um, and this one did a fairly decent job of, of exposition, where it just sort of crammed it in really quick. Like, yeah, here's everything we need to know, and go. Um, and I did really like the designs of their Sith helmets. I thought those were really oh, cool. Oh, she piloted the Quebly. Does that help you, Chris? Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about now. Okay, uh, rating time. Uh, B. I, it would be more if the plot to me wasn't so like formulaic in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it went exactly how I thought it was going to go. I'm like, yep, I, it was good. But I wasn't surprised. I also say a B again. <sighs> okay, guys, I'll let it pass this time. I won't. I won't. Re- I won't cut your Bs out and put S's in later. What? The, I don't know. The, the I guess animation, I, I don't know. Even... The animation can't save it. The animation's good. I mean, here's the thing about Studio Trigger stories: they're all pretty much the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Every <laughs> single one of them is the same plot with slightly different variations in setting and characteristics. I'm a sucker for that plot. I have to tell you, it. Garen Logan has a very important place in my heart because it, it 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 helped me through a very tough time in my life, and so any variation of that story is always going to resonate with me. And you know what? I'm not gonna let. I'm not, I'm not going to be objective. I'm going to be subjective. I'm going to give it an S. I don't care. Shut up. I just want to say that, that Trigger Studios uh, did a series called When Supernatural Battles Became Commonplace. When I was looking up the, uh, the, huh. the studio. And that name is just amazing. <laughs> that sounds like a light novel title. It was a light. It was based on a light novel by Kota Nozomi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know what light novel means, but there you go. Um, they're just basically you know like, oh, yeah. <laughs> five, five members of a high school literature club all developed superpowers somehow. Now it's just everyday lives, wielding their powers, fighting things while struggling through growing up. Wikipedia Wait. has the genre as romantic comedy, slice of life, harem and supernatural. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I might have to read that. Um, those are all my jam. <laughs> I will say, uh, well, basically light novels are like young adult fiction. Um, it's mm. just that the Japanese, so like in um, in America or the West, the, the, the trend for young adult novels is like one word, right? Like enchanted, smothered, rebellious, right? But instead in Japan, they just give you the whole plot. Like uh, my boyfriend is secretly a dragon while I'm working at a maid cafe. But those are the best titles. They are. Like, <laughs> even, even from the academic side, like the worst titles are blah, 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 blah. We st- like the best titles are, we find that this intervention sucks. And I'm like, bravo. <laughs> this is exactly, I've understood your whole paper in the title. 
And there's actually <laughs> an academic Twitter account that basically says the the paper is in the title and they find all the papers <laughs> that basically do this and, and print them out. That's amazing. That's that is genius. We we should all just do that. We need to just do that I so think, that we don't have to figure out what you're gonna say. I think I actually have one that has a, that kind of title. Because <laughs> most of mine are okay. questions, but I have one that was a good one. I can't remember it. Well, if you remember it, let me know and we'll we'll, we'll tweet it out. Uh, number four, the Village Bride, done by Kinema Citrus. Um, I'm going to let Nick go last because I think he's got a lot to say here. But uh, Matt, go if he comments. Twilight Suzuka masks Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> I like the shoes. I know it doesn't make sense for someone who needs to move fast to be wearing heels, but I think it's cool. Uh, overall story. Uh, overall story pretty good uh nothing super astonishing to me um the art was decent i i don't know i felt weird about some of the bits uh i i feel like there was a couple times where i couldn't tell who was who because they changed the look so much even if you you know you weren't familiar with these people it's like you can't you can't change their appearance that much (laughs) oh i see what you mean yeah um, I mean, I I like this one. I think it's maybe in my top three. Um, the animation to me gives me some Ghibli vibes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that's always going to win points for me. I think the use of color is really pretty. I think the one thing that was a little strange, but I think it, it was intentional, was um, the computer animated battle droids. Um, mm-hmm. Because they are so stark and precise compared to the, like the very soft like details of the rest of the animation. Um, but I think it was to sort of prove like, look how mechanical and soulless they are compared to this like world, this planet, which seems to have a, a natural connection to the force. Um, this is a, a, a planet where the people here believe in, oh, no, I'm going to forget what it's called. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but um, there's like some spiritual thing where they have connection with the planet. And of course, it's just a, a different way of looking at the force. Um, it's, uh, people held captive by bandits, and so they're going to give up the, uh, village daughter, Ma- so that... Ma- uh, Magina? That's it, Magina. 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 Magina, yeah, there it is. Um, and, um, you know, it's so that they'll leave him alone, and of course the, the Jedi, who has been reluctant to do anything, um, finally steps in, removes her mask, and, uh, cuts him down in a very dramatic f- fashion, um... Her name is F, by the way. Yeah, F. And I, you know, I've, I liked it. I, I wish it had a little more substance to it. I feel like this could have st- stood to be maybe either twice as long or, you know, if it did a couple of episodes, I would have, I don't know. It felt like it felt a little hollow, like it was missing something, although I can't really explain what, but it is still beautiful. I, I loved, love the experience of it. And I, too, like the shoes quite a bit. Um, she has these cool metal shoes that open up. And then I love the dude's bucket head that doesn't seem oh, to really yeah. do, do anything. <laughs> other than Val- Valco's helmet thing. Yeah. Other than, I mean, I guess it's also a missile, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, what we got? Oh, <laughs> 
Uh, so I think this might have been the well best thought out of all of them um, from a Japanese perspective. Uh, Ooh, so this is the one I actually had to watch three times. So I watched in Japanese. I watched in English. When I was watching in English, I was like, wait, what the hell are they saying? Went back, watched it in Japanese again with the English subtitles and realized, oh, yeah, they basically cut or change some of the stuff from Japanese to English. Really? Yeah. So like when they're doing the stuff with like the Magina, where they're doing the chanting, Uh like they just repeat the same thing, like something about river, da, 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 da. But in Japanese, they're actually referring to different aspects of nature, like throughout. So it's not just the river. It's also the mountains and the rocks and et cetera. Um, And this one had a real Shinto feel to it. Um, so Shinto in many ways. So Shinto, the Japanese religion, which is really connected with nature. And I was like, you know, if you think about it, I think you could see these really interesting parallels between Shinto and the force. And the idea that if the force existed in a universe galaxy, that this Shinto type approach would be one way through which a culture could try to make sense of it. And I thought that yeah, was very that, smart. That- and actually, now that you mention it, like F's outfit has almost a shrine maiden vibe to it. Yes, yeah. uh, precisely. Well, it, it, like a Shinto priestess priest kind of. Uh, um, I do want to say I want her mask for Kendo so I can wear that mask when I'm at Kendo instead of just the same boring ones. <laughs> um, another thing is, so, right, everybody's focused on the shoes, which are really damn awesome. But I was focused on her stance. So Mm. you notice like she gets into that stance before she charges the guy with her lightsaber. Yeah. And that stance is called wakigamai. Waki is sort of like uh, basically putting the sword at your waist. You hold the blade. The handle is held at your waist and you're holding the blade behind you. And the whole idea is that you only show the opponent basically the pommel. Right. So all they can see is what's your the handle so right in that in that stance your opponent has no idea about sort of the range how long your sword is and also is sometimes a bluff now where they go deeper is if you look at the um traditional teachings that wakigamai kamai means stance is also known as kin or yo Kin is gold and Yo is the sun. And you'll notice her lightsaber blade is precisely that. So she moves perfectly into this. The blade lights. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that's just they've put it all together. Um, (laughs) And it's actually still used. This Kamai, I did it this afternoon at practice. When we do our kata, it's number four. Um, One goes into Hasso. Hasso is the stance that you would actually see very common in Star Wars. For example, um, almost any time in the uh, like um, the Phantom Menace, where Obi Wan and Qui Gon light their lightsabers and hold it next to their next to their chin or cheek, that would be Hasso. Okay, so like the what, the very what? famous one where um, Darth Maul shows up and then they're both got their their lightsabers on and it goes in the close-up of their face that, yes. that part so you know what's the kata for uh turning on your lightsaber and pointing at them with two fingers 
Stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Star Wars. Bravo. <laughs> uh, well, that I mean to to well that that is actually more of a Tai Chi sword stance because you do use two fingers when you're using Tai Chi sword, but so I hope you use more than two fingers for Tai Chi sword. Things no, are heavy offhand. <laughs> idiot <laughs> so my anyway. my complaint was is right we just see her basically strike and she's in her you know basically she's made the cut and she's holding it and the position uh-huh. she's holding it i was like that doesn't seem right because she's basically holding it like she struck from above but she's coming from the waist oh yeah because i'm watching it right now and then i was doing kata number four today and the whole idea is that you bring it out of the waist above your head. And that's the moment of surprise. And I was like, oh, and then you would end in her exact position. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, you were wrong, Nick. You you should have just come to practice and figured it out. So, Nick, <laughs> why do we even have you here? If you're not going to get it right when you're watching it on your own in the privacy of your house. <laughs> <laughs> While coming on to our show for free. <laughs> free. He actually bu- I had he bullied himself on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Does anybody want to host the show to talk about visions? And he said, You do it, and I'm going to be on it. And I said, Yes, sir. <laughs> it's that easy, guys. Yeah, apparently, we're, we're pushovers. It's easy to get on the show. I just show um, up whenever I'm told to. And okay, so thank you. That is that does bring a lot more meaning to this episode. I think it has now improved it by leaps and bounds. Um, I'm also watching this, realizing that um, she cut her Padawan braid between the not just removing her mask, but she cut her Padawan braid between uh, showing up to defend the villagers and the last conversation she had with the the village daughter girl. Um, so we got that extra level That's neat. of. Of you know Star Wars symbolism, I, and also I forgot to mention I really love the, like the prefab container um, houses that are all around mm. in the village, like you know the, mm-hmm. the sort of leftovers from being taken over by the separatists. Like oh yeah, well we'll just use this junk. But you, I mean, you here. see a lot of of debris in that one. Like there's a there's a probe droid that's like in the tree. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely very Ghibli too. Like the whole like nature is reclaiming what mm-hmm. was trying to ruin by man type deal. Um, oh, and just in case anyone doesn't know why I said Sentinel, it's because in the Knights of the Old Republic, if you were a Sentinel, your lightsaber was yellow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, it makes sense in my head because Sentinels are more of the utilitarian use of the Force. So less like pure power and more like, I'm going to augment my stuff with this. And she was very, you know, yes. skilled. Well, and also, like, so finally, the last thing I'll say about this, the lightsaber thing, um, you know, when you have a, a, a an energy sword that can basically cut through anything um, without any force, really, you don't really have to swing it hard. You can just sort of tap somebody and something would fall off. Um, this, I think, makes the most sense. I mean, we've seen the original trilogy, which, of course, limited by technology, but also like at the time, the in-universe explanation, at least that way Mark Hamill explained it was, this lightsaber is so powerful, it requires two hands to hold it and, like, keep it under control. And, and then, then they, all they that went, flew yeah. out of the window. <laughs> then they went to the prequels and they're just like, how about we spin these as fast as possible? <laughs> um, Watch Yoda go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then I think the sequel trilogy, they tried to find a happy medium, which I enjoyed. I, I thought that stuff was pretty cool. Uh, and you, you know, Kylo using the sort of broadsword style mm-hmm. combat was fun. But this makes a lot of sense. If you could move super fast with the force and you had a weapon that could kill with one cut, this is, I think, the type of motion you would probably do most often. Yes. Can um, we revisit this during our discussion of the Elder? Ooh, okay. Yes. So we're going to put a pin on, on that part. Um, and then my final thought is F is the only person who appropriately cut somebody's hand off, which is a requirement for Star Wars. Okay. So, um, Matt, rating. Hey. You too, buddy. S <laughs> then, <laughs> S. He doesn't like your face. <laughs> I don't like it either. <laughs> We're wanted men. Um, yeah, you know what? I was A for me, but now now understanding the cultural relevance, uh, I'm going to elevate it to S. Yosh, Good job, Nick. Yosh. Thank you for the, for the explanation. I'll say one last thing. This is the one I would like to see a continuation of. Like, I agree. Like further I, stories of F within the universe. I definitely agree. But I wouldn't say it's the only one either. So I'll let us move to the next one. All right. The Ninth Jedi, the world's favorite, done by Production IG, mm-hmm. um, set forth many generations past the sequels. Um, some dude named the Margrave, uh, Margrave Juro, uh, has called eight Jedi to come pick up their lightsabers and restore the galaxy. Um, Do you and, know what um, Margrave is, Mr. History? M- Mm, you know, I thought to myself before this episode, you know, I should probably look that up and guess who didn't. Um, I'm guessing it's some sort of uh, royalty. It was originally the medieval title for the military commander assigned to maintain the defense of one of the border provinces of the Holy Roman Empire or of a kingdom. And also uh, the dictionary says hereditary (laughs) title of some princes of the Holy Roman Empire. So Correct. Kinda. Okay. I just looked it up. I I looked it up right now and and it's um according to Wikipedia, it is on the same level of of like a marquee. So above a count, below a sovereign prince. I can go above count. You can count forever. Oh god, stop. Um Anyway, on the planet below, there is the lightsaber smith and his plucky daughter. Plucky daughter um, is apparently force sensitive and um, is sent off to deliver the lightsabers at the same time that <clears throat> these uh, masked dudes come to, to take them. She has a cool fight. Um, they well, the masked dudes. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. Continue. Right. Uh, she goes up to deliver the lightsabers. It turns out... Um, because in this universe, the lightsabers change color based upon your force alignment. Turns out all the dudes there, except for one, are Sith, who are here to kill the Margrave. Um, and a very epic battle ensues where the Margrave, um, who was hiding inside the droid, and the little girl um, fight off and kill everybody. And then um, they go, well, we have to rescue your father. Come with me and join me on this quest. Um, the end. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I'll I'll say my line. <clears throat> Avatar: The Last Jedi: The Legend of Kara. <laughs> <laughs> because wow. this is the most formulaic 
softball underhand pitch, Professor Sports. Uh, storytelling tr- path that they could have done. End it of is episode. the easy. Yeah, it's the easy win. It's the one that makes everyone like you. It goes, I wanted to make a story for Star Wars. We're doing this thing, but we want to be the most popular one. Hey, let's use this formula. And <laughs> yeah, that's let's... the formula they use. It's the most pre-packaged, proven successful story method they could have chosen. I will say I appreciate that her lightsaber, which started off as basically transparent because she was weak in the force, gained color during fight. That was cool. But it was they did they did really 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 well what they set out to do which was boring it, yeah it is a risk free um yeah. approach it's safe which is fine yes, but I, not everything needs to be avant-garde but you know like i said it's it's the popular it's the really popular story to tell but this is production IG. I mean, they're the ghost in the shell standalone complex. And then they're giving us this. <laughs> I, I just felt disappointed because I knew who the studio was for this one. And I was like, I didn't know they did ghost in the shell. I love ghost in the shell. Yeah. So they did ghost in the shell standalone complex and yeah. arise. They've done. Actually, if you go on to Netflix, they have a bunch of the sports ones like Haikyuu, um, Kudoko's <laughs> Basketball. Uh, all those are done by IG. IG's gi- production IG is gigantic. Uh, they did. See, if I had known this, I would have also expected way better. They did this based on, on Ghost in a Shell standalone complex the, just by itself. The new Furikuri sequel is done by them as well. So. Didn't know there was one. Yeah. Uh, progressive and alternative. They did the the two of them. So I was just, I expected a ton and that maybe was unfair to them, right? In some sense. So what you're saying is traditionally they're very forward thinking and adventurous and make bold and heroic decisions. And this time they said, nah. <laughs> they're like, let's phone this one in. It's just Star Wars. <laughs> Those nerds won't know this stuff. <laughs> You know, okay, interesting. I I thought for sure um I I did not expect Nick to be on the the man it's it's, it's hollow. The team Matt side, the winning the side? side. I mean, this was my my take on it from the beginning and part of it was I saw on Twitter everyone hyping up the ninth Jedi, right? This is me. This is the future of Star Wars, right? And then I will say the very beginning is absolutely fascinating. And it reminds me of something, and I cannot remember what, and I'm hoping one of you knows what I'm talking about. But the whole thing where it's like a bunch of people who don't know each other show up to meet a mysterious person who can promise them something, you know, that's the mysterious me. Margrave. And they're all like, have you, any of you met this Margrave? And they're like, no, no. It's like, but they could kill us. So that must mean you all think that you're, you're strong enough to protect yourself, right? Like you're thinking going- of Clue. Everyone was invited to a mansion under mysterious pretenses. Okay, so I also thought of Clue. That's not what I'm thinking of, but I, I feel like this is a structure to something. The only well, other thing I could think of was Willy Wonka, and it's, that's not the one I'm thinking of either. Well, the other, the other thing and part of the reason why I chose my pithy quote was because it's, it's rebuilding the Airbender tribe. No, that's not it either. It, it just remind, it, it was very interesting. Like, I thought we were going to go down a very intriguing path of like... Who can we trust? I guess it must have been mostly Clue, like this murder mystery type. It deal, started right? good, then it got boring. Well, I mean, again, it was fun, 
but it, it is fun. Formulaic. There is there. So there's a couple of things where I think they were very, but I think you guys are right. I think it's very intentional that they were trying to be safe. So for example, the scene where, you know, Kara gets on her speeder bike and she looks back and her father's being dragged out. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, every part of that scene is an, a very clear reference to Luke seeing yes. the burning homestead. Yes. Um, the way it's framed, the way that the, the shape of the building, the the position of the body. I mean, even though he's alive and not dead. Also, vaguely very, Rogue One. Uh, yeah, vaguely Rogue One, but I think Rogue One did the same thing. It's intentionally invoking mm. that trope, right? Like you can't go home again. Um, I mean, this is very you know textbook hero's journey, right? Um, I can go home again. I do it all the time. <laughs> Um, I will say, so the fights are very well done. Um, the, the fight in particular where she's flying backwards on the speeder bike is great. Um, I, I liked her fighting style. It was sort of a Kung Fu, like flippy dodgy type deal, but she didn't dominate, you know, like she used her maneuverability to to keep up, but Mm. wasn't completely, um, you know, outmatching all these dangerous people. I don't know, Nick, if you've, I mean, what, I mean, so I, I'm I'm from the other end of it, right? I do kung fu, or I did kung fu, um, and so I'm always like analyzing fights through that lens. And I don't know if if this particular fight had a lot more, um, you know, Japanese sword play or not. I think the 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 part with the uh, Margrave definitely did, especially the. I mean, he's he's like straight up like right at the beginning he's just like yeah i'm gonna kill you boom kills the first guy it's just like yeah. I, I sort of chuckled i was like look how easy that was <laughs> but that's often like in a samurai movie right it's these are live blades and poop, you're dead all right let's all right let's do this and that's often that's the a case. really that's a really good point they did make lightsabers very dangerous which was nice to see i will grant them that you know, I just looked at the Wikipedia page and I feel like production IG has gone from super dangerous avant-garde, right? If I look at it, they did the original Ghost in the Shell movie. They did Evangelion, End of Evangelion. So if you want to have your mind Oof. melt. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I have I have kind of decided that even though it will always be a hole in my anime knowledge that I'm not going to watch Evangelion. That's fine. I've just decided I'm not going to do it. Just find a recording of cicadas <laughs> playing over and over and then you'll have like 90% of it. Yeah, I mean. Go on, Nick. <laughs> I'm right. And then end of Evangelion. You can watch a guy strangle a girl as the ending. That's that's <laughs> yeah. and then break down crying. And then people are like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it goes places with your mind. But then I look at what have they done recently? And it's like Kuroko's basketball winter cup compilation. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> they've, they've literally gone from like the dangerous cutting edge of anime to the most form. Cause all the sport ones have been done a million times over and over. And they're doing like 20 of them. Now, Chris, have you ever seen ghost in the shell standalone complex? I have, but I do not really remember it that well. I really like it. <laughs> but I have seen it, and I do remember I remember some of it, but not, not very clearly. So my uncle actually worked with the creator of Ghost in the Shell in Japan on a visual art project for the uh, World's Fair when it was held there. It was, oh, wow. it was really cool. I got to go see it. It was, 
it was this whole like three story thing that you entered and it was video all over the place sound and like you're just like holy cow i'm in the future so were there taught chicoma (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) not that would have that would have come on that's actually where the uh the um The Studio Ghibli, you know, the Totoro Museum stuff is at now. That's actually where it was. Was so I've actually visited that that place before it actually became the Totoro Museum and stuff. Wow. So, wild. So because yeah, they did it for the World the Fair cool stuff. You've done Nick a is, lot of cool stuff. Nick does all the cool stuff. Um, but last thought here before we give our final rankings. Um, the droid pilot. Oh yeah, I think that. I don't remember it. <laughs> He's he's sitting there drinking tea while all the oh, other broken. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, I enjoy him. Yeah, he was he was nice. He was the moment of levity that you needed, like in the middle of all the the you know standard hero's journey. Like, yeah, I'm on my break. Uh, <laughs> it's like there's literally no other droids. <laughs> he says, I mean, "Find another pilot," and they're all broken. <laughs> I I do appreciate that they had like the yen coin look mm. when she was handing him the currency you know the hole in the center yeah the old the old one yeah the old old one. Oh yes i'm, I'm watching i'm re-watching it right now um and then one thing that did bother me there's no possible way she could have tied those lightsabers on that like that they would have fallen off her immediately <laughs> i thought about that and this is the <laughs> old style of tying things together in japan it, i was like i don't know if it would have held or not, I have to ask my grandmother when I go back. Like, I don't know. The Japanese are masters of tying things together, though. I mean, I've seen unless... infographics that tell you how to tie any shape. They're like, "What shape is your thing? Tie your handkerchief like this." I, I will admit, I am an, an adherent of um, the life-changing art of tidying up, um, and I, I oh, have no. adopted Marie Kondo's entire folding system for my clothes, and it does work. <laughs> My wife has bought many, many things from that website in the last month, and all of a sudden, like all my drawers are neat and horrified. <laughs> you guys use drawers? I have a laundry basket that has my clean clothes in it, and I put it on. And at the end of the week, I put it all back in the basket, wash it, and then bring it back out. <laughs> Think of all the space you have by not having furniture. <laughs> Think of the savings. <laughs> Okay, uh, final rankings. Nick? Mm, I'll, uh, I want to give it an A, but I feel like it's sort of like borderline AB for me. You, you can give it an A-. minus. I will accept okay, an A-. Okay, I'll accept okay, A-. minus. See, it's fine. Uh, um, see, here's the thing, and I said this when we were talking to Seamus about it, is that if you uh, sat down with me and you said, Chris... We're going to make an anime about a Star Wars anime. What do you want included in it? I would have said all of these things like plucky female protagonist, um, you know, like interesting mentor figure. Yeah, the giant quest. Quest. <laughs> yeah, I would have said all these things. So I feel like it would be disingenuous to give it anything also than an A minus. Um, I really do like Kara a lot as a character. Um, I just I don't like that- it. I don't like it when people try too hard. You don't impress yeah. me. Nothing yeah, I, impresses me. I don't impress me. <laughs> I feel like, though, yeah, it, it does feel a little hollow. I wish they had gone with the intrigue angle a little more. The best thing I, I would have. Sorry, but, I would have given it a B if I hadn't learned that the studio also made standalone oh. complex. <laughs> I killed it. But now I'm just living. <laughs> I killed it. 
the best thing I think I actually saw from this episode was actually fan art where F is giving Kara a rice ball. Ooh. That's adorable. I was like, ah, that's 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 the crossover we need. That is the crossover we need. Get this character out of IG's hands and give it to somebody else. Yeah. Do that. Um, okay. Number six, Toby. Um, Astro Boy in Star Wars. Yeah, you stole part of my line. <laughs> um, yeah, basically a droid is raised to think he's a he's a or he droid wants to be a Jedi, droid can't be Jedi, droid somehow becomes Jedi. Um you know, and Professor Light, I mean, Jedi Master Light, um, uh, it tries to restore the planet oh. or something like that. Oh, that's what he's called in English. No, that's just, he's also, that's Professor Light's the dude from Mega Man. No, no, I mean Astro Boy. <laughs> oh. Oh, instead of what, Mighty Atom, wasn't it? Tetsuan Atom. Yeah. Which actually means Mighty. Iron Arm Atom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, I learned something today. Wait, what's wait? Tetsu, wait, what? Tetsuan. Atomu. I wonder if T. Created by, they, created by trying, Dr. Tenma. Were they trying to go? Were they trying to slightly refer to that with a T0B1? I doubt it. I don't know. Oh. I don't feel that one. I thought that was T-O-B-1. O-B-1. T-O-B-1, right? I had that same thought, but I think it was just trying to spell out the word Toby. Yeah, but in but Japanese, yeah. they're specifically call him T-O-B-1. T-O-B-1. Yeah, they did in English, oh. too. Yeah. So I think they were very direct in that one. Yeah, mm. me too. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's basically the thing. Uh, Matt, piffy comment. Uh, well, Asher boy. I, I wrote Tetsuan um, Atom in, in Star Wars. <laughs> He literally looks like him too. Besides the art style in general, like his exact shape is like yes, that's Astro Boy. Same with the hair, you know. Like basically, it's it's all homage to that. Um, I also wrote, "I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me." Yes, uh-huh. yes. I appreciate that they reuse that line. Um, Co three and the others, best droids, mm. best droid designs. Full stop. Super cute. Love them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also forgot to. I let me backtrack just one second because we are we do love the droids in the ninth Jedi. I did like the the, the Jedi's the, the droid's name was Four Nines. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Um. So I like that part of it. But all of this, I mean, yeah, you're right. But like, there's not a whole lot to say about this one. It, it's pretty straightforward out of the box, right? Like yeah. I think the interesting things are the the Jedi does not have arms, so he's doing things with the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought was weird was why is his ship a T-16 Skyhopper, which is very clearly not a ship. Yeah. Um, and then the battle, I mean, the final battle where, you know, um, Toby, you know, uh, transforms with uh, his little buddy and uses the rocket pack. That's a great moment, too. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's cute. Um. There's not there's not much to it other than being cute. Yeah. Anything else? We we haven't covered it. It's a cute one. It's the cute one. (laughs) It's cute. Yeah, I think this is one that maybe is sold more to Japanese because it's a really familiar one for Japanese. I think right the character. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, we we recognize it even. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think even even if you didn't know necessarily Astro Boy or or whatever his name is, um, 
that you I mean cuz Mega Man Yeah, Mega Man is basically based on the same thing. So I think American audiences would recognize it as like, oh yeah, this is the Mega Man one. <laughs> I like Mega Man. All right. Um, final rankings. Nick. B. B. I'm giving it a C. Cute isn't enough for me. There was a lot. Okay. What did it for me is the sheer volume of cute droids. Not even just like one cute droid. There were so many cute droids in that. <laughs> That's true. There were a lot of cute a droids. cavalcade of cuteness. Okay, um, episode seven, The Elder, also by Studio Trigger, very, very opposite of their other one. <laughs> yes. It can't be any more opposite than the one they had. <laughs> so I'm oh, very I, curious. I, I made a comment here between uh, episodes. Um, I wrote, everyone loved force, force energy manipulation, force power in this entire like set. Everyone really liked the force stopping blasters and stuff like that. <laughs> it was uh, a big yes. ticket item for everyone. Yeah, once Kylo did it, it was all bets are off, everybody. <laughs> okay, so uh, this one's called The Elder. It's set seemingly in the um, Old Republic era. A Jedi who is known for wandering the Outer Rim and his Padawan go down to investigate a, a problem. They find a super ancient Sith dude um, the young Padawan thinks he can take him. He can't. And then the old Jedi uh, beats him in a rain-soaked duel. And then um, he goes, I wonder what the Sith is still out there or something or other. Um, like I said, very opposite the other one. Because while the first Trigger one was very bombastic over the top, this one is probably to most people borderline boring. So um, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I liked it. I liked it, especially, I think, for the lightsaber combat. I know we've already discussed that, me and you, privately. But yeah, I think this is more like what you would actually expect if you had lightsaber combat. Like, why would you be spinning and all that stuff when you could just poke somebody? Yeah, one of the things, so the, the, the Elder here the, has two shorter lightsabers. And when he attacks, he, like one of the attacks is he literally just runs forward and stabs Stab, 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 stab. Yes. And while not necessarily visually impressive, just ultra effective when you think about the nature of a lightsaber. Like, he just runs forward and he goes stab, stab, stab. And he, you know, he basically cuts this Padawan down to like three moves. <laughs> and that's actually I, what you would expect from, actually, if you watched real sword fighting in Japan from, you know, in the old times, most people are not, you know, like we see in the movies, swinging blades all over the place it was step 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 because that's how you a didn't use as much energy and b were most effective with the super sharp katana you just especially with the armor you're just looking for holes and basically going thrust it and then okay they're dead i wanted to like this one uh my note just says meh <laughs> 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 Sir, this was made by Trigger. You have to give it an S. No, I don't have um, to give it an S. <laughs> so here, here's where I'm curious, and this is I'm why I card. This, this is actually initially why I messaged Nick about this because while I think everybody's going out of their way to talk about how 
the duel is the most samurai movie. I actually am going to argue that this one is the most samurai movie. Um, not necessarily because of the combat, because of all the philosophical talk at the beginning. Mm. You and I have watched different samurai films, brother. <laughs> well, maybe. And and maybe, uh, maybe I'm misremembering some, too, because I have not watched many in a while. Um, but I feel like the, the very slow pacing of the beginning, there's all this very deliberate talk about the, the philosophy of the Force, the philosophy of the combat. You know, like, what is our purpose here as Jedi? What is our purpose? You know, you young Padawan, why are you my apprentice? And what is it you're trying to get out of this experience? And I mean, this master dude is really a great master. I mean, he's he's like he reminds me of Qui-Gon in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, yes. Very cunning, very kind of keeps to himself, but also understands like he may not be the best role model for some of this stuff, but also sees the danger of, you know, his young apprentice full of energy and, and longing for adventure. And he does not want any of it, not because he believes it, but because he's lived it and he understands like what that actually entails and is trying to prevent him from, you know, making those same mistakes. Although while understanding I think that he can't protect him from making those mistakes because some things you can only learn by having mistakes. He's just a very good mentoring character, I think. Um, and, you know, I think there's some... And, go ahead. and he's the Yelp. He says, oh, you need to try the local dish undong. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm assuming is basically just udon, which means udon is now canon. <laughs> Japanese noodles is now canon. This gets an S. Don't argue anything else with me. Great, great, great sword play in Japanese food is now canon. You can have sushi just like Sil Zero did. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's some very deliberate um, imagery used in the elder himself um, in terms of like looking like sort of a stereotypical samurai villain, you know, the exaggerated features, almost like a kabuki mask, the extra large mm. ears, you know, the strange colored eyes. So I felt, you know, on top of obviously like his clothing and the fact that he's the only one that has a katana shaped lightsaber, um, it just had like very specific imagery to me. Um, and then I'm sure Nick could probably point out all the like cool stances that uh, the master uses, because um, even I recognize some of them like in the way that like, I mean, he's he holds the lightsaber at the end, you know, um, like the bottom end. To get just like that extra inch or two of extension. Which is how um, you're supposed to hold a sword. You're supposed to hold a sword at the very bottom, only with your bottom three fingers. And in fact, your pinky should hide the edge of the hilt is always how you're taught. So literally you're taught to get the full length possible. And really he is doing really that proper style and gripping with both hands right now, thinking about it with those right two, two hands. And I could tell you that fighting, because in kendo, you are allowed to do two swords, two sword style if you want. Fighting it is a total pain. If you've never fought it before, it's just a losing battle. Mm. So I think that was well described in this, right? Because you have this apprentice who's probably used to everyone fighting single sword, normal style. And then you have this guy who comes with an entirely different style and entirely throws him off. That's a good yeah. point. It, it It's like... You know how to fight the style that you are taught to use. Correct, yes. And, I mean, 
the and then the master of course like the first thing he does is get rid of the other sword right he's like no 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 yeah you're not playing this game <laughs> like i don't want to i don't want to deal with this we're going to play it on my territory and of okay. course his his lightsaber's longer so now he's got total advantage and reach so matt aside actual thoughts about it um you bring up good points about the mentor being really good very qui-gon ish um, I did like the conversation at the end where he goes, he's like, I only beat him because of time. Yes. That was a really cool thing. Now, unpopular take, I'm sure. I would have liked it better if Dan had died. Yes, I agree. Um, I feel like that would have made it a lot more interesting for me. As you know, I don't like people killing people off willy-nilly for funsies just because they think it's cool and edgy. But I think with the... Um, atmosphere of this one it would not have been out of place yeah but then um, we wouldn't have had the cool conversation at the end meh um i do also like the traditional why don't you just turn off the lightsaber and turn it back on like well they did <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's a great move too all right final scores i give it an a Bzz, b yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give it an A minus. I mean, as much as I've said its praises, it is kind of slow. The pacing is slow. It could have been sped up a little bit. I mean, I'm sure that pacing is deliberate. I didn't but... even mind the pacing, really. Yeah. OK, number eight, Lopin Ocho. Um, nine, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, furry girl is adopted by Space Samurai. And uh, becomes uh, the, the heir to the throne in another sibling conflict. Um, Matt, pithy statement. Uh, furry bait. <laughs> <laughs> I have other comments. Um, I enjoy the use of the Jedi symbol. Uh, Triform staff saber neat. Not umbrella neat, but fun. And dot 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 vibrosi? Question mark. Hmm. Nick? I really like this one, actually. And I think probably for, again, some of the Japanese side, that's not as evident. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Japanese title is a little bit different. It's more like Wild Rabbit Lop. Mm. Um, and uh, Ocho. Ocho would be like, Ocho is sort of a playoff of words too, I believe. Cho is a uh, butterfly. And the O signifies the, uh, as uh, Chris would know from his Japanese studies, the uh, sort of um, formalization. So like you would take this, uh, you add the O to basically show extra respect. Um Right, and you can, as as I understand it, you can attach it literally to anything. Yes, um, and in this case, I think it's a wordplay off of ojo, which would be what you would call the oh, like the young lady of the house, like the but the people who would use such language would be gangsters. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. And so it also. It also has the secret meaning of lop being like a lop rabbit with lop ears. <laughs> yes. <What? laughs> it is. It's a thing. That's what is they're that called. That's what they're I, called. I didn't know that. 
your stereotypical, you know, lop-eared bunny. He's got you know, the droopy ears. Oh, I didn't know that at all. So if you notice, they call him Boss Yasab- Yasaburo, right? Yeah. Or basically, he's what we call Oyabu, which is like he's the right the head of the of that Yakuza clan. Yeah, and I, I I got strong gangster vibes from that, obviously, like for sure. And so this has a real, and he actually talks. So it, it you would never notice it if you watch it in the English version, right? But he talks about, and in Japanese, he uses the word jingi, and that's a real trigger word oh. in Japanese for that. This is talking about um, the gangster code of life. Yeah, no, for sure. So Jingi would that one. translate to something like benevolence, but it's more about like honor and humanity. Like you have to, even as a gangster and a criminal, you still have to show Jingi. You have to behave like a human and have honor. And so, and there's a whole line of movies actually called Jingi Nakitatakai, which is a, which is basically a fight with a battle with no honor or humanity. It's entirely about Yakuza. It's also what um, basically the movies came out in Japan and everybody's impression was this is how Yakuza behave. And so a lot of the discussion or the, a lot of the presentation in this movie, even how like Ocho dresses, how the boss dresses is all from these kind of movies. Um, mm. I actually wrote I, a, I felt like that, too. <laughs> I actually wrote a paper about this for my undergraduate degree because I did East Asian language and culture. And I was doing a course on Japanese uh, linguistics. And my paper was on this because this um, this idea, this uh, representation of uh, what is gangsters in Japan um, became localized because everyone in the gangster movie uses Hiroshima dialect, which is where my family's from. So if we speak in our local dialect outside of Hiroshima, people will think we're Yakuza. Whoa. So I'll give you a quick example. Like in Tokyo, you're on the subway and you want someone to move out of the way. You would ask nicely, doite kudasai. And the person would be like, ah, sin, moves out of the way. In Hiroshima, we ask someone to move kindly out of the way by saying, dokankai. <laughs> and so they used our dialect because it's the roughest and then it basically became that now we are the gangsters of japan <laughs> that's really interesting so when i you know the weird thing is when i came back to the u.s um i was in east asian language and culture and they made me take japanese class and i was like please just let me proficiency out and they're like nope you went to an international school, you don't proficiency out. So I'd be sitting in the back of the class and there was another kid in the same boat as me. And so I would sit sit there teaching him Hiroshima dialects. And the teacher got so mad at me. He's like, stop teaching him to teach to speak like a gangster. And so I actually wrote a paper on it. I was like, no, 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 no. This is all misrepresentation because of this damn movies. So and why can't I speak Japanese gangster? Uh, I can offer you a crash <laughs> the closest course. I can get is the closest I can get is rude Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a lot of that. So, um, <laughs> but uh, oh, here we could do your do a quick lesson. Kabachi tarenna. Kabachi is like garbage. Tarenna means like don't give it to me. So it's like don't give me your garbage. So you just go. Tabachi Tarenna. Just go, Kabash Tarenna. Tabash Tarenna. 
there we go. Now you can walk around and be careful in West LA. (laughs) 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 Look, I'm not my brother. I've been around LA quite a bit. (laughs) I know places. (laughs) So great. Now I've taught all the listeners how to, how to speak like a Hiroshima gangster. So bravo. (laughs) Nice. So, um, spoiler alert. Uh, this is my favorite one by far. Um, I could have guessed that. Yeah, probably most people would have guessed that visually extremely interesting. Um, you know, I, I think the, the collision of a lot of different elements, um, you know, you've got this, um, you know, nature versus, you know, a development, you've got locals versus the Imperials. And yet, you know, the, the local guy isn't necessarily like, you know, if he, if they're invoking the, the Yakuza imagery, we're, we're to assume that he's not necessarily the, the most pure benevolent guy either. Right. Right. Like there, there could be a strong argument to say the Imperials may, may have a good reason for removing him. (laughs) Um, you know, but, the, but it the, also speaks as to what type of person his daughter would be, because correct. she's, you know, she's she's pure pragmatic. Like I can see a lot of value in going with the Empire, but she still has that very gangster background of behavior. And you also have to think it must have hurt for the boss to have his own daughter betray him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially with that strong, you know, familial like. This is the family. This is the clan. This will be your clan. And then like yeah. turn your back on it to join the people that you're you're fighting against. And so you go, adopted child, here is my death weapon. Go forth and avenge us. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's actually somewhat of a trope though, because you do see that story sometimes that that oh, person sure. who like leaves the family, right? But I thought it was really good. Um I was doing some background check because I'd never heard of Gino Studio. I was like, what the hell have they made? And so I looked more and I was like, oh, they're part of Twin Engine. And then, oh, all their staff was hired from Manglobe, who went bankrupt. They made like uh, Samurai Champloo, I think would be the one that most people in the U.S. would know. Uh-huh. So they've done and they did Gangsta, right? So they've had mm. this very good idea of that world of japan of the uh you know underworld police versus gangsters and so i thought oh they they were the perfect people to do this and they adopted it very well um there's also the one penguin highway i think i think chris might like that they, them in studio colorido who did the tattooing rap makes you think i wouldn't enjoy a penguin highway well maybe you will so um, you might look up Penguin Highway. I read the manga and I know they made an anime of it. So I haven't watched it, but I like the manga. So Penguin Highway is uh, penguins suddenly exper- appear in town with no explanation. Okay, I'm in. Why wouldn't I like that? Aoyama Chris. finds that the penguin species is known to follow a singular path known as the Penguin Highway, which leads to the woods. After the bully Suzuki ties Aoyama up to a vending machine, the lady frees Aoyama and transforms a soda can into a penguin. Okay, what? <laughs> Chris, I mean, does this sound like something I would be into? <laughs> yeah, you're, yes. yeah, you're in too. We're both in. <clears throat> we are in. Um, okay, but but this one, I mean, a couple of the, my favorite visual moments, obviously the lightsaber with all like the markings on it. That is really cool. Um, like I all said, the, the character the, designs the Jedi really symbol great. use, really. 
yeah, when Jedi they were doing the sword presentation and all that. Yes, that was very strong. Um, I mean, Lop's character design and even like the daughter's character design a little bit, like I as I said, is it, it gives me very like late nineties, early two thousands anime vibes. Yeah. Um but the moment where she also bites her finger and adds those like cool red like wings to her eyes, I thought that mm -hmm. was really cool and like a really nice look on her as in her villain form. Um yeah, and I would love to see more of this one as well. <clears throat> this would definitely be something I wanted I would like to follow up on and hope they made more of because I think that has a lot of story potential. And I think I actually saw Pablo Hidalgo tweet about Lop's character. Oh wow. Uh, I don't know. I can't find it, but he was basically saying how cool it was that they brought back, right, the species and right from Jack. Yeah, it, it it's like a very random, like once or twice used rabbit species that they kind of dug into and used. Um, okay, final thoughts and scores. Matt, uh, I too would be interested in seeing where it goes. I will give it. I'll give it an A. I thought it was pretty good. I think I enjoyed it more than I more than I believe I did. <laughs> Nick, I give it an S. I think I've made that pretty clear. I thought I was great all the way through. <laughs> I thought at the yeah, beginning I wasn't going to like it. And then as I just went further, I was like, yo, I, I, I really like this. This is great. Yeah, me too. Same thing. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> like Matt said, furry bait. But then I ended up being like one of my favorites. So uh, S for me as well. Which brings us to the last one, Akakiri, which I believe translates to Red Mist. Am I right on that? Yes. Hey, I got it. Look at that. Um, I knew Aka. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you watched Naruto. You should have known Kiri. Mm. Um, made by Science Saru, so the same group that did um, the Toby one. Um, it's basically Revenge of the Sith. Um Dude in love with princess, Jedi love with princess, tries to save princess, ends up falling to the dark side in order to save her. Um, and of course, by saving her, loses her at the same time. Now, the animation style on this is very interesting. Um, I get very strong French vibes from it. Fair. Um, I wrote lightsaber trail cool, where it had like the after image effect that they did. Mm -hmm. I wrote it was neat to see turning to the dark side. And I wrote Dishonorable Bandits Stealing B-Wing Designs. <laughs> if you're familiar with that story. Are you familiar with that story? You laughed. Well, Stealing B-Wing Designs. You mean the... There was an online creator who made that exact design of B-Wing, which is not your standard B-Wing design. He made a I lot of little tweaks that. to it. And they essentially very much just stole the entire design of it. Oh, so they lost. I mean, I didn't like the animation style. The story was blah in general. And then I found out that they stole stuff. So I, I don't have good thoughts. <laughs> oh, OK. I thought you were talking about the dishonorable fees. I meant like the two the two dudes um, who no, the had... studio. <laughs> oh, OK, I see. Um, I The two dudes, um, I mean, are very clearly like a reference to, at least in my opinion, uh, Hidden Fortress. Yes. Yes entirely it's it's spot on um which actually after watching this inspired me to actually go finally watch the hidden fortress <laughs> um 
So then I watched it again. I was like, oh, yeah, these two guys are just those two guys <laughs> from the Hidden Fortress. Um, now, Hidden Fortress is a Kurosawa film, um, very famously known because uh, Lucas used it as sort of a template for a lot of A New Hope. Um, they, the two dudes are like two lowly, basically thieves who spend the entire movie basically groveling to whoever they need to to try to make as much money and survive. Um, and the even though there's these noble heroes, the, the story is basically told from their perspective. Um, and that's the inspiration for R2 and 3PO, where, um, you know, they're, they're these sort of lowly characters watching these grand events unfold. And you can see the inspiration literally from the first scene of Hidden Fortress, where the, the two dudes are arguing in the, in the wilderness, going like, this is all your fault. I'm going this way. You're going that way. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, gee, geez, OK, you really did just take whole pieces out of this movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get very strong French animation vibes from this this style, and I don't know, Nick, if you've seen this style in other Japanese things. I know there's sort of a, a cultural ecosystem in animation that goes between America, France, and Japan, kind of inspiring and borrowing from each other back and forth and back and forth. Um, so I actually looked this up. So this is actually one of the few ones that wasn't a full Japanese crew. Mm. Um, the director is uh, Yoon Young Choi. Uh, she's from Korea. She's actually the CEO of Science Saturday now. Um, and I was reading more into this. She basically started, I mean, she was basically an animator for them. Mm. And I don't know if you guys remember Crayon Shinchan, or in the US, it was just called Shinchan, I think. And it was. I do. She was an animator and director for Shinchan. Oh, it is. It is very kind of like that style, isn't when it? When you look at the faces, you can see yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. And oh, God. Okay. It was bothering yeah. me for so long. And then when I read that, I was like, oh, my God. It's Crayon Shinchan in Star Wars. You're right. That's definitely what it is. Oh, God. I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to find it. Just type in Shinchan. It should be like the first thing that pops up. Also in the chat window i posted the oh the i i don't know this i don't know this but i can see where you would see the, the the similarity interesting but i mean they they do other stuff as well obviously but um i could i could see the influence i mean that's sort of their art style those facial shapes yeah the strong You're right. the strong eyebrows it did look really familiar and that's that there it is <laughs> because the guy who actually find, founded science Saturday with her is the creator of crayon shinchen uh-huh. so i was like oh i never thought i would see this mashup but it somehow happened <laughs> um yeah i mean i i i liked this story um i mean I don't know. It's it, it's it's Revenge of the Sith if Padme gets saved, basically. Yeah, yeah it's it's Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it, but also like smashed with Hidden Fortress. Yes. Um, and then it's like I don't know. I mean, there was some really. So what I played a fun game while I was watching this one. Or at least it was fun to me. So I have these like RGB lights in my um in the Sil Zero headquarters here, right? And each scene is so like very monochromatic um, in its lighting and color choices that I was playing like, how can I match 
my lights in the background to whatever's going on in the um in the scenes so like some are very gray and blue some are very purple some are very very orange um and then of course obviously it it finishes in a very red tone right so i thought artistically on that end of it, it was very very interesting um from like a, i guess a cinematography perspective um now yeah character design isn't necessarily my favorite version of this um it's okay it's kind of interesting um but yeah it's it and then for some reason what really bothered me is the jedi's hat yeah like, his hat really bugs me <laughs> What hat is this? It's like a not, really Western style hat. It's in not like Eastern clothes. <laughs> it's but it's like it's not quite a sombrero. It's not quite like a cowboy hat. I don't know what this hat is. Where did you get it? It's terrible. It looks like the hat you would put on a scarecrow. Isn't it somewhat maybe Korean influenced a little? They have those hats. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's what it is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what were they called? Right, they have the one that has the brim. No, nope, yep, yeah. you're you are dead right. That is a Korean hat. Um, so yeah, I mean, I liked it. I like this one. Not my not, not my favorite one, but not the worst one. Um, and then yeah, I think I like I enjoyed the the fall to the dark side and the temptation of the dark side part of it. Um, final thoughts and scores, Nick. Mm, see. I would have given it a C until I came across that thing where the, the accusations of tracing. I posted the arguments of it in the recording Discord chat for you to witness yourself of tracing. And that bumps it down to a D. Oh, wow. That's pretty bad. Wow. Right? <laughs> because they don't, they don't even, there's no B-wing design with that cut out bit in the tail, except for this guy's. B-Wing Mark II concept resistance fighter, I believe. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. You see? You see? Okay, I give it an F because I'm a professor. Yeah, oh, plagiarism yeah. F. Plagiarism <laughs> F, you get an automatic zero in my class, sorry. It's over. Listen, um, look, science Saru, you should have read the syllabus before... <laughs> it clearly animation. says in syllabus and one plagiarism gives you an automatic f and two if you reference you know uh an anime about a penguin highway you would have gotten extra credit <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah okay well that's really disappointing oh my um, gosh that's why i was so disappointed afterwards oh my like gosh. i said i wasn't like super enthralled with it but then i saw it afterwards like ooh, i hate that <laughs> uh okay so standalone i think i'll i would give it a b um with this again we are we are educators me and nick so we have to give it an f there's no no way about it um oh i'm just still looking at this it's stunning disney's probably like what are you talking about right <laughs> yeah so this is the, the design is by a guy named ec henry he seems like a cool dude who makes cool ships so like buy his stuff oh, or something man yeah Okay, so that's all of them. Um, I think uh, let's we could do favorite and then uh, least favorite and then I don't know one more something like some stupid award. Um, okay, uh, Matt, favorite, go. Duel. Least favorite. Uh, Arakiri. Uh, Nick, favorite. Village Bride. Least favorite. Akakiri, don't plagiarize kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh, my favorite. I'm gonna Lapanocho. 
And then, uh, yeah, Akakiri, come on, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you didn't know about the tracing, would it still have been Akakiri? No. Um, I think without that, I least favorite would probably be Toby. Mm, I agree. I agree. I mean, but so many cute droids, I can't. uh okay well there we go that that's it that's star wars visions um hopefully they'll do more of this kind of stuff because i think i think star wars needs fresh takes fresh angles fresh everything um and and this is one way to do it obviously star wars and japanese media as i was saying earlier has a very long history of exchanging back and forth um and so uh, i i do hope that as Star Wars continues to churn out more and more stuff, that it will stop nostalgia harvesting and start being um, innovative. It won't. <laughs> uh, Nick, do you have anything to plug? No. <laughs> um, go watch sports, I guess. No, don't no watch sports. So here's the thing, right? As a sport professor, everybody <laughs> goes, oh, you go home and watch ESPN. Hell no. Every, I'm every like, sports fan hates sports. <laughs> I'm like, stop talking to me about sports. I talk about it all day. I read about it all day. I'm going to go home and watch Star Wars and listen to these <laughs> two weird brothers <laughs> pretend like they're short aliens and doing trash wars and stuff like this. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't watch sports. Listen to the show more. Um, let's see. What else is going on? Is this a Patreon episode? Or are we putting this in the main feed? That isn't up to me to decide. That's up to you. I don't know. If you truly understood how powerful our message was, maybe you would have a better vision of the future like I do. Oh my God. You don't understand. Hey, Kylo. Um, what? What? Did, you, did you watch uh, the visions? I have many visions. <laughs> Hey, Nick. Yes. I've been practicing my Japanese <laughs> using the one universal phrase that everyone learns in every language. Watashi no obakurafuto wa unagi de ipai desu. You're an attack aircraft? Watashi no obakurafuto wa unagi de ipai desu. Uh, I don't know what is, what is he saying, Nick. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's the universal. I'm not sure. It's the universal phrase. Okay, Chris, you watched Monty Python's Flying Circus, right? Yeah. The English Hungarian phrase book. Uh, I'm I'm not remembering this. <laughs> My hovercraft is full of eels. Come on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, is he really saying hovercraft? Is that the second word? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, but Kylo, I want to. Uh, Kylo, I want to know which one you like. Akakiri. <laughs> but why? Because you take what you want, and if no one can stop you, then who cares? The entire episode is about the power of the dark side, the victory of the dark over the light, and taking what you want. <laughs> What about the cute robots? They're fine. <laughs> oh, even 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 Kylo Ren's heart is melted by the cute robots of Toby. I will find that Jedi though, the one with the microphone. 
I know he's a Jedi now. He's going to become big. He's, he can't hide for that long. <laughs> I have a shirt with all of his tour dates on it. <laughs> now I plan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks for dropping by, Kylo. Um, all right. Well, um, I guess we're going to put this on the main feed. So if you enjoy these sorts of discussions, um, but not quite as long, you can listen to more chit chats with Chris and Matt. Um, Nick's not always there. Uh, with, and it'll be uh, a good incentive for you to run faster. Because if you listen to it while you're running and you say that it's not long enough for your run, like I said, run faster, Nick. Do you know how much probably ridicule you guys have caused me from me running listening to chit chats and just breaking down laughing like i just start <laughs> laughing like one time i realized i was passing by a police station i'm literally like laughing while running by it's like, <laughs> i'm still gonna get arrested for something that's not suspicious at all local man passes police station cackling wildly <laughs> <laughs> I swear there was Batman's a guy guilty of something for sure. Kylo Ren. Oh man, we need to send him to psychiatric <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, all right, well, more of this episode is on patreon.com slash still zero. Um, I'm guessing I'm going to put this probably after. I don't know where I'm going to put it. But anyway, stay tuned. Um, the, you know, for the rest of the year, all the interesting filler stuff. And then, of course, stay tuned for season four starting in 2022. Um, and until next time, may the force be with you. M-A-T-T, end of episode. Rebellion. No. <laughs> <laughs>